Well, we're back. This is Lady Kagler. I am your host of Yogi Chronicles. Thank you for joining us tonight. Want to apologize for not being on last week, but you know, sometimes life happens, work happens, crisis happen, um, and we get caught up in the hustle and bustle. But I apologize for not being here last week, but I'm back. So thank you for being a part of Yogi Chronicles. Listen, uh, I need you to connect with me on Facebook. I want to connect with you. I want you to connect with me and we could be too connected. Um, we want to be able to connect, grow, mentor, um, network support. Um, so look for me, Lady Kagler on Facebook, L-A-D-Y-K-A-G-L-E-R. Once you click on Lady Kagler, you're going to click like, and once you click like, you'll be connected with me. I'll be connected to you. So we want to be connected to each other. Also, are you in need of sisterhood? Are you looking to be a part of some phenomenal women, women who are women who are like-minded as yourself? Um, are you looking for a place to vent safely? Are you looking for a place to let your hair down and take your shoes off? Well, I guess what you want, you need to join us in the sister circle. We are not the sister circle affiliated with the show. However, we are the sister circle. Um, so go on Facebook, look for the sister circle and you're going to look for the pink shoe. That's our, um, our significant, uh, significant uh, marker to know that you're in the right place. You're going to look for the pink shoe. You're going to click join group and you'll be connected to 820 women um, who are just awesome women. Um, So yeah, we, uh, you know, Corona and COVID, you know, took away our monthly fellowship, but we pray that by June, we'll be able to get back together for our monthly outings that we host in Atlanta. And if you're in the Atlanta area, we would love to have you. And as of right now, there are no plans to cancel Vegas. We will be in Vegas October 18th through the 25th. So unless something changes, we, we're, we're Vegas bound in October for our fourth retreat. All right, for our fourth retreat. So... After we got all that out of the way, we want to be real tonight. We want to be speak from the heart tonight. Um, this is a podcast that I need everyone to share. Um, you may not like the content of the others, but this is going to have some uh, information. This is a fluid situation that um, happens in our community. It happens in our community. Um, it, it has never uh, gone away. Um, I know victims of this. Um, it's something that we need to talk about on all platforms, whether it's in school and, or we have breakout groups or we are speaking in conferences or, um, churches. It's a platform that we need to address this matter. And that matter is that of domestic violence. If you want to call it domestic violence, you want to call it domestic abuse, spousal abuse, family violence, whatever you want to call it is prevalent is present um, and it's something that needs to be addressed. So I hope that you will continue to listen to this podcast tonight, um, today, and I want you to be able to share it. This is information that I need you to share. I need you to really listen to what is going on. Um, I've been, you know, challenged the last couple of days with uh, someone that, you know, it's affected someone I know or someone that I'm connected to. Um, so for my daughter, 
My daughter attends school in Mississippi at Jackson State University. She's a senior, yay, graduating in December, biology major. So proud of her. I had to just put that in. But uh, her sorority sister, she is a part of Zeta Phi Beta um, uh, sorority. Um, she's part of the Lambda Beta chapter in Jackson, uh, at Jackson State. And sadly, so sadly, her um, soror and sister, uh, Phoenicia Ratliff, um, succumbed to this, this, this uh, violence. She was going to graduate. She was set to graduate in December. She's a mother. She is a mother. So the coward that killed her also killed himself. And we're going to get into a little bit more details after that. But we are sending our prayers to her family, um, to her mom and dad, siblings, cousins, aunts, uncles, and to her sisters of Zeta Phi Beta. Um, And please lift them up. Let's please lift them up um, in prayer that God um, continues to... Um, give strength and, and we ask, we're asking God to give us insights and give us hope and give us encouragement of how to curve this violence. A second incident is something that I witnessed on the news and then I got a prayer request um, around about 11 o'clock today praying for a young lady who escaped domestic violence. Um, this was on the news in Atlanta where she was beaten uh, for a countless hours while her children is in another room. Her ex-husband broke into her aunt's home, held them hostage. But prior to him doing that, he got a ride to her aunt's home and he shot the person who brought him there, killed him um, before he ended. He entered the home to assault her both physically and sexually. So. Yes, we have something we need to talk about. We must create a platform. If you work in healthcare in a, as a nurse or a doctor, as a social worker, as a counselor, um, as a housekeeper, cafeteria worker, you've encountered domestic violence. If you work in a school, you've seen parents that come with the black eye and the busted lip. And um, if you work, go to church, Sometimes they don't come with physical scars to the house of worship, but it's prevalent in the church. And unbelievable, it's unbelievable, but it's higher in church. These are silent, uh, silent incidents because, you know, we put, we dress up with our suits and our dresses and our hats and we go to church um, looking like we got it all together. And we have violence at home. Um, so we also understand that domestic violence is not just a physical matter. Emotional abuse plagues us. You know, emotional abuse is um, sometimes it's, it hurts worse than a than a physical fight. You know, once you hit me, you know, I, I'm going to the sting is going to leave. But when you keep bashing me and dogging me with your words it tears down your self-esteem it tears down your ability to think uh, your ability to process information so there are so many forms that we look at domestic violence spouse violence whatever you want to call it um so there's a platform that we need to create 
We need to have a safe space. We need to be real tonight. And this is, I need you to share this information tonight. Um, domestic violence and violence against women or men, because men are in domestic violence relationships. Let's not be ignorant to that piece. Men experience domestic violence. But statistics says domestic violence and violence against women does touch so many of us. It's not a private matter. That's fact. It's not a private matter, but it is protected by silence. And it's a number of reasons why it's protected by silence. We're going to talk about that. Each of us, you, I, everybody, uh, we got we to examine and change the ways in which our own behavior might contribute to enable a person who's being abused, who's being abused, or who we know is an abuser. They're the perpetrator. Um, we have to, um, those who we ignore those, cause I'm a, I'm going to be real. I'm going to dig, dig down and it's going to be a hard conversation. It's going to be something I'm going to, I want you to think about, or we can excuse all forms of vi- violent, uh, excuse all forms of violence. We could just like, Oh, it is not happening. We could have this. We can say that it's a part of life. Well, it ain't. So stop. Let's not do that. Um, one thing about it, you know, there's a pattern um, that children see um, from their parents and statistics shows that those individuals end up becoming um, abusive. Um, those individuals come up abusive. Um, I know growing up, you know, my mom and dad did not physically fight. Um, and for the most part, you know, all f- couples argue. Um, and that was very rare that we did see that, you know, but I do know of incidents where growing up that I, we could hear, um, next door neighbors fighting, um, cussing each other out. And then it spilled over into beating their daughter. Um, and that went on for years. And unfortunately, um, it's something that the cycle repeated itself. It repeated itself. So, uh, it's not a silent matter. We cannot keep it silent. And, and it's bad when we as neighbors and cousins and aunts, uncles, moms and dads know that someone's being abused and we don't do it. So we got some facts we need you to know. Directly or indirectly, even invisibly, domestic violence affects all of us in some way. That's truth. What you got to understand is it exists everywhere. It's not just a United States problem. It's just not a Georgia problem. It's all over. It's all in, in all around the country. It's not, it does not, it's not related to class. It's not related to community. It hurts women. It hurts men. It hurts children. Um, it, everybody is a victim. All right. Statistics says one in 15 children are exposed to domestic violence every year in the United States. That's a lot. Um, And when they see that, it puts them in PTSD. PTSD is your post-traumatic stress syndrome. Okay? That means that it's not even happening right now, but when stuff like you start yelling, you know, I've seen you beat mom over and over and over again. And although you may not be beat mom again, when you start, you're, you're, you start raising your voice, I start getting shaky anxiety 
because I'm reliving what you've already done. So children are exposed to it. They're they're coming out with PTSD. They're coming out with depression, anxiety. And guess what? They're becoming violent. They're They're getting into relationships, whether it's same sex or different sex. They are entering situations. Guess what? Doing what they see. We know that children um, mimic what their parents do. We've seen it. We know what they do. And it hasn't gone anywhere. So they're going to mimic what they do. So you got to be careful what you do in front of children. Domestic violence is common. Maybe more than we know. That's a fact. Um, Domestic violence over the years, it it had decreased 64% in the United States since the mid-90s. But one in four women still experience domestic violence in her lifetime. Whether that's physical... Uh, sexual, yes, you could be sexually um, violated in a relationship. If you're saying no and they're, you know, coming against your will, um, taking it from you, um, making you. I mean, one incident that I just found, if you watch the movie, um, What's Love Got to Do With, that scene where um, Lawrence Fishburne and uh, Fishburne and Angela Bassett, that incident where he, to me, he raped her. You know, they, you just, he got high and he became violent. Um, so um, most incidents still go unreported, especially, especially uh, by members. Can you believe it? That statistic says by the L, LGBT Q community. Um, immigrants, a lot of immigrants that's here in the United States, it's okay where they are, you know, it's not frowned upon, but they come here and they beat their wives. They get drunk and they start beating their spouses. It's not only physical. We've already said that it does. It may start small. It starts with, I pushed you. Okay. It may start was, I, I just slapped your hand. I grabbed you hard. Um, or I grabbed you firmly. It starts like that. It's, it can be deadly. We, we, I just spoke about my friend, my daughter's, uh, sorrow that she's gone because of that. One of the things that, um, I, as you know, in my, my career, um, is that I've learned, um, in school, um, working in with this population, being exposed to this population is leaving is very difficult. That is the absolute most difficult thing that you can do to say for a broken, tell a broken woman, all you got to do is leave. It ain't that simple. Not only that, if they're dependent on income, housing, because most of the time when you get to that point, a man has already robbed you of everything, your self-esteem, your drive, your ability to think for yourself. So leaving is not that, not that easy. And if you leave in the, in the situation with Phoenicia, Phoenicia, she left, she reached out, she got a restraining order. He was arrested on the 8th. He bonded out on the 11th. He found and killed her. He found and killed, kidnapped her, shot her sister, 
and proceeded to go on a high-speed chase, killed her, and then killed himself. It would it increased um, by her leaving. That increased her risk of death. So leaving might seem like a no-brainer to you, but for a person who's in abuse, it's not that easy. We ask the question, we even ask people that we know, well, why are you going to stay with somebody that's abusive? Actually, there are many reasons why they stay. They are dependent. They don't have any money. They don't have no income. Um, the person who's abusing them manipulates them emotionally. And they're already isolated. They're scared. And guess what? At the end of the day, guess what? They love them. They love their abusers. But at the end of the day, but when a victim does consider leaving, they got a plan. They just can't pack up and leave. It's got to be strategic, whether it's saving a little money somewhere. Um, where they're going to go? Are they going to stay in the city? Are they going to go to a relative? Are they going to go somewhere else? Well, the girl, yes, last night, she left. She went to her aunt's house. And he came up there to find her. He stalked her. Um, she said he called on the phone and said, where are you? She said, I'm at home. Where else would I be? And he came right over there, broke into the house and began to beat her and rape her. Um, one more thing about that is that, you know, it's dangerous to leave. It's a dangerous time for a woman to leave. Um, when she tries to leave while he's there, um, that's very scary, uh, for her. So we gotta not, we have to be careful when we just tell people, well, all you gotta do is leave. Well, it may not be that simple. So be careful. Another thing is it's essential for all of us to support and trust survivors, even if they're still in an abusive situation. That is the most biggest problem. Who do they have if you're judging them? Who do they have when they need to talk? Can you be that friend that not judge them? Can you be that friend to just shut your mouth and listen to what they're saying? Can you be that friend that not call them stupid? See, listen, this is my problem with people. We've gotten so beside ourselves that we forget Hey, guess what? It didn't happen to you. So, oh, I'm the expert. You got to do this. You got to do that. Listen, maybe you can't save them from someone. You cannot save them. You can't. Um, and it's and, and it's frustrating because we try to do it. Okay. But what you can do is offer support. Let, offer support. Listen to them. Express concern. Let them know. You know what, Yolanda? I'm concerned. Um, you can, you know, let them know you're there for them. You know? Uh, you know, when, well, let me just say this, when you're there for them and if they run and come to your house, you're putting yourself at risk. Maybe you don't need to do that. Maybe you need to go buy them a hotel room or help them relocate somewhere. Um, you got to, you got to offer love without judgment. And that's the biggest piece of where people go wrong. Like I've always said, I don't share things that I go through. Now, I've never been in an abusive relationship physically. But emotionally, I've been abused um, in a relationship to where I was like, what the heck? You know, I had to really get myself together, find myself again. 
And I could not share that with anybody because I didn't want to hear all the riffraff of what I should do. You know, I didn't want to hear that. Have I been in a tugging match with boyfriends and fighting? You know, yeah, that. But it wasn't to the point to where, you know, in college, yeah, I tugged. We tugged and fought and pushed. And, uh, but I can't say I was in a full blown domestic violence relationship one time hitting too much, but women also don't need to be walking up to me and hitting them either. Keep your hands to yourself. Um, you know, so <sighs> judgment keeps people in a situation because they, they're already broken. They don't need to hear nothing from you. They don't need to hear judgment. They need to hear that you're there for them, that you're listening. Um, You know, it it takes survivors and those who are in abuse um, who want to get out sometimes seven times. The same thing with addiction. You know, some people have to relapse seven times before they leave or before they get off drugs. And guess what? They're going to go back seven times. Um, And then guess what? At the end of the day, some of them never leave. Um. When they really want to go home, leave, they have to create distractions, you know. Um, Let's say you start over. They start over into a new home. Um, They may need to have the ring at their home. They may need to invest in a firearm if they're starting over. But be that support for them, you know. Be that support for them. So there's a couple things which you can do. First of all, I want to get this number out. If you know somebody, all of us know somebody. I think all of us know somebody. Let's talk about uh, Phoenicia. Phoenicia did everything right. Left, um, tried to get help. He was arrested, but he got out. See, for me, when I look at it, hindsight, the system failed her. She reached out to the law she reached out trying to do the right thing and it cost her her life it cost this baby her life so she did she did all the right things but it still cost her her life so if you know somebody if you know someone give them this number it's the national domestic violence hotline That number is 1-800-799-7233. It's confidential. You can call. Um, If you're in a domestic violence in your city, town, call 911. They will connect you to your local partnership on domestic violence. All you have to do is call 911. They'll send, give you a safe word. Tell you to go to a safe place if you're able, and they'll help you. If you got to have the police take you, do all of that. But you could, you can leave. There's help for you. So I, this is I want you to remember this as we close out this part class podcast. How can you help somebody? Listen to look. Just look at yourself. How can you help somebody? How can you help support? Whoever is going through a domestic violence, I'm looking for my churches to hold forums. I'm looking for my churches to educate themselves because there's a thin line between spiritual guidance and spiritual counseling and laity counseling. Most preachers, 
are not um, divinity trained seminar seminarians. Um, they don't understand. They're only going by Bible of what they know. And, and that's nothing wrong with that. Telling people to pray their words through. Yes. But if someone coming to you black and blue, afraid to go home, I need you to refer that person to someone else who's a licensed counselor, licensed clinical social worker, um, marriage family therapist, give them the partnership on domestic violence number, help them because you telling someone to stay, whether that be your church, your leader, your pastor, the mother at the church, baby, all you got to do, baby, I was married 36 years and I did it. No, no, no. Wrong conversation. All right. Wrong information. Give them the resources that they need to get the help. So how can you help somebody? You got to make time for them. Now, these are all things Yolanda is talking about. Make time for them. If you decide to help out an abuse victim during a time, you know, when they call you, listen. You know, listen. If they decide, decide to disclose to you, we don't need you to be judgmental. Just listen. All right. If you don't have the time, don't commit to being that safe person. Because what domestic violence victims need is consistency. Also, you can start a conversation. You could bring up a set. If you feel like somebody, you see somebody you kind of suspect. You know, I do that for my daughter. And I know she's not in a domestic violence relationship because we talk about anything, everything, however she want to talk about it. Her friends are like, girl, you talk about that to your mama? She can. Because I want her to be able to feel safe for me. So sometimes I just start a conversation like, um... Girl, you ain't never let no man hit you. Have a guy ever hit you? And then she, her crazy stuff. Mama, no, you know, no, 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 you know. She's a firecracker like me. <laughs> um, if you see somebody who's more reluctant, you know, more uh, isolated, not talking, you start seeing bruises, Mark. You know, I remember working um, uh, in an office. And this girl would come to work and she claimed that, you know, well, she did play football. She played girl football, but she had black and blue bruises all the time. I'm like, well, dog, you play football every day. She was a victim of domestic violence. Um, And so one day I said, listen, you ain't going to tell me that all these black and blue bruises on your side, on your jaw and on your shoulder and on your chest came from football. I ain't going to go with that. And that's when she revealed that. Those people who wear long sleeve shirts in the summertime, red flag. All right? Red flag. Could be a sign of of abuse. Ask the question. All right? You got to listen without judgment. We've already talked about that. Listen to their story. Don't be judgmental. Please don't offer advice unless they ask you. And don't even suggest solutions unless they ask you. Um, they'll tell you, you know, what you want, what, what, you know, what they need. You don't have to offer anything. You can ask clarifying questions, but mainly just let the person 
vent their feelings and fear without you being judgmental, offering advice, or suggesting a solution. There are warning signs, and, and I want you to listen to these warning signs. There are physical signs. Those are the black eyes and the busted lips, the red or purple marks on the neck, the sprained wrist, the bruises on the arms. Um, and that's for your physical broken arms. And you, they come all of a sudden, they come in a cast and all that. But there are some emotional signs. Um, they got low self-esteem, very sensitive. They got low self-esteem. They're overly apologized. I'm like, girl, stop. But maybe because she has some fear of being abused. Um, they're fearful, always looking behind them. Don't want to sit this way. Don't want to do that. Um, they have a change in their sleeping patterns or their eating patterns. You see them eating a little bit more. They're anxious and always on edge. And they're, they start abusing substances, whether it be through alcohol or drugs. They make, maybe they smoke weed. Now they're smoking weed two, two or three times a day. They have signs of depression. And they start talking about suicide. Life is better off. My kids' life would be better off without me. When they start saying things like that, or I would rather be dead. That let's 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 listen without judgment during that times. There could be some behavioral stuff going on too. Um, they're withdrawn or they're distant. Um, they don't come to meetings anymore. They're always late. Let's look at, look at, what's the name of that movie? Color Girls, how the man was abusing her. Um, very private concerning their personal life. Now, that's not always a sign of abuse, but if they're excessively private, I'm always looking at them with the fourth eye. Not the third eye, but the fourth eye. Um, isolating themselves from their family and friends, you know, where y'all used to hang out. Y'all, y'all don't hang out no more. Yeah, that that's that's the sign. Another thing you all need to do, we got to believe the victim, believe your friend, your co-worker. Um, when they tell you what's going on on the dark side of their life, you need to believe the victim. You need to believe your sister, your cousin, your bro- your your aunt, your cousin, your sister. Believe them. Um, just be that, that ear that they need, um, and let them know, I believe you. That's not your fault. Listen, anytime a man be the woman, that's not her fault, but you can also tell them it's not your fault and you don't deserve this words of affirmation, validate their feelings. Don't dismiss their feelings. Let them know that, you know, they, they're going to be upset. They're going to be hopeless. They're going to be in despair. And they're going to still express, I love them. They're resilient. They're just like children. When children are abused by their parents, they love their children, their parents. So what if all that, you've done all that? And this is why they tell you they're not, they can't leave. They can't leave because they're scared. They can't leave because they love their partner and they believe they're going to change. They leave. They can't leave because their partner said, oh, baby, I did it one time and I'm not going to do it again. 
they believe in because somebody pushed this on them for better or for worse. And I'm going to just tell you, God ain't never said you need to get your head bashed in. Go back and ask the Lord. Thinking that the abuse is their fault. Listen, it all starts emotionally first. They break you down emotionally first. Lack of self-confidence. Staying for the children. Uh, pressure from the family of the, your family or your faith community. Um, all that is an issue. And they don't have any money. That's why they stay. But can you still help and support them? Will you still be that friend? Will you still be there? Can you help them develop a safety plan? You know, I remember as a defect supervisor in DeKalb County where a mom was killed. And, oh God, I think it broke all of our hearts sitting in the courtroom because we had to put this child in temporary foster care because his grandparents lived in Birmingham and his mom died. His mom was killed. And she always told him, if something happens to me, this is what I want you to do. And that little boy was six or seven. He did exactly when his mom was shot. He did exactly what he said he was supposed to. He went to the neighbor's house, told them something is wrong with my mommy. They went in there, found her. She had already passed. But you know how traumatic that is for a kid? And we didn't have to go in foster care. We only, it was only one day. We dismissed the case because the parent, grandparents drove up from Birmingham. Developing a safety plan. Help your friends, your family develop a safety plan. Um... You got to think about the risk, though, you know, a safe place to go in emergency. Help them to think about that. Um, a cold word, you know, if they're calling you, Yolanda, did you see the um, Love and Hip Hop came on? Or uh, not Love and Hip Hop. Uh, did you see that the news came on at five o'clock in the afternoon? Girl, what's going on? Did you see on the news that there was a loose, a, a lot of elephants running through the street? Something you all can do that. Do talk about an escape bag. Make sure they got their birth certificates. Make sure they got social security cards, their toiletries, their medications, and all of that. And a list of emergency contacts of their friends and their family, people they can contact. Help your people that you know are being abused. So this is what you don't say to a domestic violence person. You don't bash the abuser. They love them. You can't talk about the person that, that, that beat them. They love their person. You can't blame them. You can't under, underestimate the potential danger. You cannot, you know, don't do conditional support. When I say conditional support, I'll help you, but you got to do X, Y, Z. Don't do that. Don't do that. Um, don't uh, give up on them. If, if they're not willing to leave today, Just be patient with them. Sometimes they're just scared. But the more you pour in life into them, the more they're better. They'll better cope with this. Hey, if they call you with the cold word, don't you go run over there. If they call you with the cold phrase, you call the police. You call the police. When she give the cold word, that's not for us to be heroic heroes. It's not for us to be heroic. That's for us to rescue them 
by calling the police. Our natural impulse is to rescue them. But you cannot because you're running yourself into a dangerous situation. So call the police. Listen, we need to prevent many episodes of domestic violence. We got to talk about it on all platforms in our schools. Start young in our churches. Let's have some conferences. Let's have some focus groups. Let's have some safe zones. Let's talk about it and be about it. So forward this podcast to somebody and then let them know you can listen to Yogi Chronicles on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, and the free podcast platform is Anchor. So I know I took up a little bit more time tonight, but this is very good information that I need you all to share. Um, share, share, share. So can you do that for me? Share this. Yogi Chronicles under no circumstances should be used um, should be used as a form of counseling. These are simply conversations. These are simply talks. Um, this is not to be used as a form of therapy. Okay? Reach out to your, I want you to Google your licensed clinical social workers, your um, licensed family marriage therapist, family, ma- marriage and family therapist, your licensed counselors, your psychiatry, psychiatrist, and your psychologic, uh, psychological, psychological, psycho, oh my God, uh, <laughs> that person. Uh, psychologist, I'm sorry. Um, that word. <laughs> Make sure you reach out to one of those. And hey, let's stop the violence. Let's help stop the violence. Thank you for joining me again. Thank you for being part of my audience on Yoga Chronicles. Share the podcast. Until next time, you all be blessed.